0: So this morning we're having a little think about a passage in the book of, where could it be from? Mark. Yes, we've been in Mark all year and we are staying in Mark um, today and the passage that we're looking at is about prayer and that's what Joel has asked me to focus on this morning. And um, I don't know what you think about when you hear the word prayer. Uh, maybe you think of uh, saying Grace, maybe you think about the prayers you learned at school like the Lord's Prayer or... I don't know, whatever other prayers you learned. Um, maybe you think it's really boring and a really good way to fall asleep. Um, maybe you think that you're not very good at it and um, that you find the whole speaking to the ceiling thing quite awkward, I don't know, and a bit bit strange. Maybe you know people with the gift of intercession and you know that's not you and so you, f- you kind of don't really try too hard Or maybe it's your favoritest thing in the whole wide world. And um, you might think Joel asked me to speak about prayer today because I am excellent at praying. Or that I have the gift of intercession. Well, last month I went on a clergy spouse retreat. Now, it's a lot better than it sounds. Um, It's... (laughs) I go on one every year and I love it. It's, it's really good fun. You get away for a few days, just time to connect with um, others who are living the sort of slightly peculiar clergy lifestyle. And um, anyway, this year the speaker's big passion was helping people recognize their spiritual gifts. So the teaching was all about that. And towards the end of the time, we did like a Cosmo-style quiz. There were 80 questions. And um, in this quiz, there were 15 possible spiritual gifts. And it sort of spat out at the end a ranking of your spiritual gifts from 1 to 15. Uh, It's helpful in sort of knowing how to focus your energies and also knowing... Uh, why you perhaps find certain things a bit more tricky than others, and um, intercession wasn't at the top for me. It wasn't at the bottom. It was sort of, sort of a middly, middly spiritual gift, and um, it's so it's not really something I'm particularly gifted at. But that doesn't mean that prayer isn't a key part of what God is calling me to and calling all of us to. Um, One Thessalonians five says. Part of it. this isn't the whole chapter, but there's a couple of verses that say, Pray continually, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Prayer is a key part of our lives as Christians. Um, it is part of God's will, part of his best, for, um, his best for us. It's one of the ways that we connect with him. It's one of the ways we hear from him. Um, it's one of the ways we can pour out our hearts to him. It's one of the ways that we can bless others by praying for them. It's one of the ways that we can see heaven breaking through on earth. So we're going to have a little look at today's passage. Uh, It's from Mark 11. And it said just after Jesus comes into Jerusalem on the donkey, um, so what we sort of celebrated at Palm Sunday a couple of weeks ago, and then he is hungry after this happens. And he goes to this tree, and he's looking for some figs. It's a fig tree. Um, And he finds none. And so he curses the tree, and he says, That the tree will never bear fruit again. And we pick up the story at verse 20. It says, In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, that's that's what they call Jesus, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go and throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt it in their hearts, but believes, What they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Now, I don't know if this passage leaves anyone else thinking, what on earth just happened there? Like, I don't know about you, but I think that being with Jesus must have been, like, a really crazy ride. You know, you get the miracles, you get the awesome teaching, you get um, the, the yeah, the healings. And then you get things like this. Jesus was hungry. He wanted some figs. He couldn't find any figs. And so he makes the tree wither from its roots, not just the leaves, the whole thing. And it's a really unusual move for Jesus. Um, he's not usually into um, acts of judgment. Um, he's more into sort of restoration. So you might be feeling a little bit um, confused by this bit of the story. And I don't want us to sort of get wayla- too waylaid on what happened to the tree. If you want to talk about the tree, come and find me afterwards. I'd love to talk to you about the tree. But it's what happens after this that's really the key bit of this passage. When Peter sees the tree, he questions Jesus and says, look, and Jesus responds, have faith in God. Now, I wonder if the disciples were confused by this response. To me, it doesn't seem like the most obvious response. Hey, look, that tree's dead. Have faith in God. Like, it just doesn't sort of seem to fit together to me. And um, so, I think that the message, which is a modern day translation of the Bible, really puts this chunk of scripture really beautifully and sort of makes a bit more sense about it and this is what it says It says after Peter's asked this question this is what Jesus says Jesus was matter of fact embrace this God life really embrace it and nothing will be too much for you this mountain for instance just say go jump in the lake no shuffling or shilly shallying and it's as good as done That's why I urge you to pray for absolutely everything, ranging from small to large. Include everything as you embrace this God life, and you'll get God's everything. And when you assume the posture of prayer, remember that it's not all about asking. If you have anything against someone, forgive. Only then will your Heavenly Father be inclined to also wipe your slate clean. Embrace this God life, and nothing will be too much for you. And I love that Jesus teaches us to pray for everything. Include everything as you embrace this God life and you'll get God's everything. And I think that is such a freeing and encouraging passage. Give it everything. Pray about everything. Have faith. And we will know that God will answer and he won't let us down. That's a big promise that as we pray, we get God's everything. And I don't know if you find it harder to pray for big stuff or for small stuff. I think for some people, the big things just feel a bit too big. Like, how could I possibly pray for world peace or the impossible situation in my office? I will stick to praying for an excellent parking space. Anybody else pray for a parking space? Yes. In Cape Town, when you go down to the beach when it's really busy, I'm from Cape Town. You go down to the beach, there are no car parks. It is on-street parking only, and you pray for that parking space, I can guarantee you. Um, I'm glad it's not just me. Anyway, or maybe the reverse. And you think that God is really not interested in the small parts of your life, and he is definitely not interested in your parking space. And so you limit your prayers to the big stuff. And you are a world peace prayer all the way. When I was pregnant with our uh, first son, Jonti, who's now seven, our NCT uh, antenatal teacher told us to buy an aerosol water spray for the labor. And it's it's basically like a deodorant can full of water. And if it's hot, you spray it on yourself and stuff. Anyway, it was very useful because the labor ward was very hot. Anyway, the labor didn't go all that well. And after many hours, the team decided I needed to go into theatre, and so all these clinicians came in. There were sort of 10 people in the room, and I was signing paperwork about, you know, I don't know, anesthetics and stuff. And in my slightly delirious state, I said, spray, Joel, spray. And Joel looked at me and said, are you sure? I said, thinking, why are you still standing there? I am in labour. I said, yes! So he said, okay. So he outstretches his one arm, his other arm he puts on my shoulder, and he says, Lord, we pray for Kath. At which point, I just about go through the roof, I'm like, no, don't pray, I want my spray. Um, so, yeah, there you go. But um, it was actually hilarious, like in hindsight, so holy, Joel. Um, but Joel did have the right idea. He didn't sort of care what other people thought about him, and he called out for God for what we needed in that that moment. And um, Jesus teaches us, yeah, to pray for the big stuff, but also to pray for the small things. And that's when we see God's breakthrough. But maybe you're not too sure about the how of prayer. And Nikki Gumbel has some great tips, uh, three great tips which I just want to share with you this morning about the how of prayer. The first one is keep it real. Prayers are chat with God, so keep it real. Just be honest and, you know, use your normal language. God's not fooled. Like, you don't need to say what you think he wants you to hear, uh, what you want him to hear. Like, he knows our hearts. So, you know, it's really key just to be real with him. The second thing is keep it simple. Again, just like a chat. So when you teach a child to pray, usually you teach them to say sorry, to say thank you, and to say please. And it's really the same for us as adults. When I, um, when I left school, uh, the last year in South Africa is called matric. And uh, when I left, when I finished my matric, um, we got a, had a school yearbook. And everyone in the yearbook was voted as something, you know, most likely to, whatever, be in the Olympics. Um, become a wildly successful business owner. Well, I was voted as most likely to compile a thesaurus, which has to be the least cool thing to ever be voted as most likely to. So, you know, I love a bit of, a bit of flowery language, um, love a good synonym, but there's really no need for that in prayer. Simple words are absolutely perfect. Keep it real and keep it simple. The third thing is keep going. Sometimes prayer feels like it's just not being answered. It's just taking a really, really long time. But we are called to keep going, to be persistent, and our persistent persistence pays off. In Luke 8, Jesus tells a story about this lady, this widow, and she is seeking justice. And she goes to this judge uh, the parable is sometimes called the parable of the unjust judge. And she goes and she says, give me justice. And he doesn't care about her. And he says, no, I'm not going to give you justice. So she goes, back, she goes back and she goes back and she goes back and she goes back and she goes back. And eventually gets so sick of her, he grants her justice. And um, in this teaching, Jesus is encouraging us to be persistent in prayer. Stick at it, even when we can't see the answers. Corey ten Boom says this, when you're on a train and you go through a tunnel, you don't get off and given your ticket, you sit tight and trust the driver. And the same is true in prayer. So almost five years ago, I went on this uh, charity check, trek to Peru. And um, there were a few of us sh- who were sort of representing the charity. I went with two celebrities, Ashley Roberts off the Pussycat Dolls, and um, some guy off Emmerdale. don't know if there's any Emmerdale fans in the house. If there are, I'll tell you who it is afterwards. Uh, A journalist, a cameraman, and 20 sun readers. And um, we went on this trek to Peru, and I was a total bag of nerves. And I arrived, I'd done quite a lot of training. I arrived at the airport really nervous. And I sort of started introducing myself to people, As I did, my nerve just got worse because the conversations went like this. Hi, hi, what's your name? Oh, you know, my name's Kath. Oh, where do you come from? Um, Why are you doing the trick? What do you do for work? The answers to what do you do for work made me terrified. Oh, I'm a personal trainer. Oh, I've been in the army the last 15 years. (laughs) And I'm thinking, oh, no, I am so out of my league. This is not even funny. Um, And I just, I really was. I really was very out of my league. And um, we, I survived the week, I didn't succumb to altitude sickness, and I collapsed in my tent, exhausted every night. And on the last day, we traveled to what would be the final challenge, which was climbing Machu Picchu Mountain. So Martin's gonna put up a picture for us. When you see pictures of Machu Picchu, this is what you see, right? So this is when you walk in, this is sort of the view. And you see that mountain there? I was like, OK, I can do that. That's not Machu Picchu Mountain. That's Picchu Mountain. Machu Picchu Mountain is behind you. And it was something like something out of a panto when I said to the guide, oh, is that the mountain we climbing? And he's like, no, it's behind you. <laughs> and <laughs> it was about four times the size. And I thought, oh, dear, this isn't going to go well. Anyway, so the whole way is just stairs, just stairs, stairs, stairs. So up we went. Um, About a quarter of the way up, I realized I wasn't going to make it to the top. I was exhausted. I just, everything in me hurt. Um, I had nothing left from the week of trekking um, that we just completed. Um, But I was determined to get to the top. So I prayed. And I literally prayed a simple prayer. And I prayed one word with every step. And the prayer was... God, help me. God, help me. Literally. And then I prayed a Bible verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens, strengthens, long step, me. God, help me (laughs) the whole way up. And um, I made it. Yeah, I was the last one in my group, but I made it. Thanks, Barbara. (laughs) And... um, My prayer was simple, it was so real, it just came out of like desperation, but as I sort of kept going and kept going with God, he definitely helped me up. Keep it real, keep it simple, keep going. And one of the best things that we get to pray about as Christians is we get to pray for other people. It is an absolute privilege that we get to do that. And how amazing it is that we get to speak blessing over others. We get to pray that God would break through in their lives. We get to pray for the challenges that they're facing. And we get to pray with faith, knowing that God will hear those prayers and He will answer them. So, personally and as a family, we've been on the receiving end of so much of this sort of prayer um, over the past years. Just over seven years ago, this month actually. when Jonti was a newborn, I was diagnosed with a rare and um, aggressive form of breast cancer called inflammatory breast cancer. And I became, began chemotherapy straight away. And um, the season of treatment and subsequent recovery was without a doubt the most difficult season that I've ever faced. And I think that we've gone through in our married lives together. And we were devastated by the diagnosis. It really came out of nowhere. And I had 13 months of active treatment, which was, which was really grueling. And um, particularly we had a newborn, so that's pretty hard on its own. And plus the treatment, life just felt quite impossible a lot of the time. But people from all around the world were praying, started praying for us. And um, yeah, I just really sort of feel like they carried us on this, on this great wave of prayer when we were at our weakest. And it was a really beautiful gift that so many people offered to us, even people we didn't know. And at the time, um, A group of friends of ours from our community where we were living at the time, they committed to pray for us every day at a certain time. And um, each day at that time, we sort of knew that we were being covered in prayer, and that was a really beautiful gift as well. And so many of the great revivals have been born out of persistent prayer. The Hebridean revival that happened in Scotland in the sort of early 50s, um, there was a pair of sisters called Christine and Peggy Smith, And they were 84 and 82. One was blind, and the other one was crippled with arthritis. But they had such a burden to pray for their community. And so they prayed twice a week. You think, well, that's not too much. They started off on, they always prayed on their knees in the accounts I've read. Prayed twice a week for six hours at a time. Um, And then when things sort of started ramping up, they prayed twice a week for 18 hours at a time. Um, so, you know, got a lot to live up to there. Um, <laughs> but their faithful prayer was a, a really key catalyst to a revival that um, they saw up there that lasted more than three years and that saw a huge percentage of those islands around the Isle of Lewis of people coming to faith. They saw huge breakthrough through their persistent prayer. Now, I've chatted quite a bit about Alpha this morning. How great. I always love Alpha testimonies. They're always so encouraging and exciting. Um, And as you know, Alpha is starting on the 8th of May. And as a church, we would love it if all of us were praying for people that we'd love to see coming on Alpha, or that we'd just love to see um, connecting with Jesus. Much like our friends did for us, and like Peggy and Christine Smith did, Um, All that time ago, we're going to be praying at set times as a church for these people. And we're going to use the passage today as a reminder um, when Jesus encourages us in Mark 11, 24, to pray and to pray with faith. So, there's an action. If you grab your phone, yes, you don't normally get told to grab your phone in church, but if you can, grab your phone. I'd love it if you do that. And go into alarm. And set an alarm for 11.24. Now, that could be a.m. or p.m. I imagine for most of us it will be a.m. unless you're like a massive night owl. Um, And label that alarm with the name of the person or people you'd like to be praying for. Or if you don't feel comfortable doing that, you could just write alpha prayer instead of a name. Right. And when that alarm goes off tomorrow... Don't just turn it off. Like, set it for the next day. Keep going. Keep setting it for the next day. And let's do this, guys. Let's be people. Let's be praying for those people, not just that they would come along. Let's be praying that God would meet with them in their every day. Let's be praying blessing. Let's be praying for challenges we know that they're facing. Let's carry them on this wave of prayer, and let's keep going with it. If they don't come on Alpha next term, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Let's be praying that God would give us opportunities to show his love. Let's be praying for blessing and breakthrough. Let's be like that persistent widow that Jesus talks about that was like banging on the door, just keeping on going. Because prayer works and it changes things. God is calling all of us to be a people of prayer. Having prayer at the core of who we are is a transformative and wonderful, wonderful way to live. So let's lean in. Let's pray for all of it the big stuff, the little stuff. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it simple. But let's, most of all, let's keep going. Let's give this God life everything. And as we do, I'm really excited to see what God will do. What God will do in our own lives, what he'll do in the lives of the people that we're praying for in our church and in our town. Amen.